certainly the fundamental back backdrop is quite similar to what we had in in 2008 that led up to the great financial crisis and the the trading action in the precious metals feels very similar well hello there my friends chris mark is here with you for arcadia economics and quite excited because it is time for dave pranzler's bi-weekly podcast on the <laughs> economics show as i know he is fond of notating clearly and uh fortunately we decided to get together and do this one as a unit which we haven't done for a while dave i appreciate all the updates that you've been doing on the show these past couple months it's Great, because I know people really love hearing from you, and it gives some different uh, views on the channel, which is which is helpful. And but nice to catch up with you again today, especially after seeing you in Africa at Fortuna's Seguela Gold Mine over the weekend, which we will talk about before we wrap up today. But with all that said, how are you doing, my friend? And welcome back to the U.S. Thank you. Same to you. I'm uh, still a little bit of little bit punch drunk from the time change and not a lot of sleep over the last week, but I'm recovering. Well, that's what makes him one of the top analysts in the game, even a little time. He's still <laughs> in there digging through all of the gold and silver news. And Dave, we're recording, as you're well aware, on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, this will be posted Thursday, but nice to come back to quite a rally today in gold and silver see silver in the futures chart up over a dollar and we have $24 silver again, which is pretty nice to see price got down to about 22 and a half a couple of weeks ago. And we see gold rallying up $25, 1962 level. Obviously the big news on Wednesday morning was the CPI report, which I know makes your, your eyes roll and not a fan of that. Although Perhaps that would be a good place to start because we did get a lower CPI down to 3% in the year over year, partly because you had June of last year drop out, which was a big number, but at least the metal's responding positively and curious where you think we stand in this cycle. Have we seen the brunt of the sell-off or where, where are things at this point? I, I mean, anything can happen going forward, as, as you know, especially given that for about half of a 24-hour day, the the market is really in the hands of, of the paper gold market, which makes it easier to, to manipulate and price cap. That The paper markets being London and New York, with New York almost, really almost pure paper when you think about it. Yeah, there's 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 some gold and silver, physical gold and silver that gets removed from the COMEX vault, but most participants on the COMEX participate um, with never having the intent to take delivery or even even stand for delivery and leave leave the bars in the COMEX vault. That you know most I I mean I probably and again this is just off the top of my head I bet ninety eight percent of the volume. In, in futures contracts never never gets delivered to so um so I, I guess that's a long way of saying um you know in very short periods of time I who knows what direction the market's going to go in on however um I, I've been saying for a while that I think in terms of that the trading action 
I mean, certainly the fundamental back backdrop is quite similar to what we had in in 2008 that led up to the great financial crisis. And the, the trading action in the precious metals feels very similar. And again, it's I'm just saying it's similar. There's 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 a different sets of circumstances driving the fundamentals now than were back then. I think they're actually worse now than they than they were back then. And um, based on all of the indicators that I look at, you know, and that that's being sentiment, um, COMEX volume, COMEX open interest, the the structure of the commitment of traders in in gold and silver, um, charts, etc. It seasonality. I mean, you know, maybe not over the last few years, but um, in, on average and in general, July tends to be a very quiet period in the sector, and also tends to be um, more of a down month than anything. So, um, but that that shifts dramatically as we move into August and into the fourth quarter. So, um, but anyway. Based on all the indicators that I look at, I, I think we're I think we're bottoming. I think we're we may have already bottomed. I don't know. We I mean we could go lower than we have than we've been recently. I think you mentioned twenty two fifty on silver. We we could you know that you could have one day where news comes out and only the COMEX is open in terms of the precious metals trading and they bang the price down um, and get it below twenty two fifty. I think the odds of that happening as we move forward. Um, grow less and less. And I think most importantly, in terms of just watching the day-to-day -day trading action, uh, yeah, we, we've gone below 23 on silver um, intermittently, but it, it doesn't last very long, right? It, 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 it'll go below 20, 23, and then some sort of news event comes out that causes silver to bounce right back. And similar, similarly with gold, um, it, it has gone below 1900, really kind of begrudgingly. I, I, again, I, I haven't looked at the data. I, I don't. I don't recall it off the top of my head. I think we we dipped below 1900 briefly a couple times, maybe in the last eight weeks. But it bounces right back up over 1900, and it's it 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 kind of reminds me like at those price levels, 23 and 1900. It's kind of like one of those punching clowns where you punch it and it bounces right back. So. Um, to me, th that kind of tells me there's probably a floor in place. You know, and I, you know, you can't. I'm not going to define the floor precisely, but I would say that I, I think going forward, at least for the next several months, 23 and 1900 are are our bottoms. So, um, and I also think that we're going to start moving higher from here. I think there's a lot of um, economic and financial event news that'll be coming at us going forward, that's gonna be very, very gold bullish and silver bullish. And of course, mining stocks. I mean, the Amex gold bug index is up over 5% today, you know, versus um, the the best index in in the stock market on the NYSE right now is the SOX and it's up 1.76%. So kind of tells you the degree to which the, the precious metal sector has just been beaten down and oversold. And I think, I think that situation is about ready to correct. Yeah. And you mentioned a couple of the factors in there in terms of silver and gold pricing. Is it fair to say that gold and silver prices are still being driven primarily by the fed 
Uh, is there something else that you think even makes a dent in that? You and I have talked before and you've done some podcasts about how even during rising interest rates environment, rising interest rate environments, that you can see gold and silver rallies. That has happened a couple of times. Obviously, it was noteworthy that from the lows in September, we've seen quite a rally while the Fed still hiking, although you could say while they've gone longer than expected, that a large portion of those hikes were priced in. But to a large degree, still seems like the Fed is dominating what happens in the day-to-day. Obviously, we saw that same pattern this morning with a lower CPI metals shoot up. Is that a fair assessment for people who are wondering what really drives the pricing these days? I Well, let's look at it this way. First of all, just briefly, um, Adam Hamilton, I'm sure you've read his work. I'm sure many in the audience have. I've referenced this study that he did um, in the past on podcasts. He, he did a he did a study, just exhaustive, dry statistical study going back, I think, to maybe 1973, early 70s. And um, again, it's 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 actual market data points and it's just statistical analysis of those data points. And as it turns out, the best periods of rate of return for gold. Happen when the Fed is is in an interest rate hike cycle. And and the thinking behind that is, is that the Fed has gotten way behind the curve on on trying to control inflation. And is that a, yeah, see, that's a recent article from him. I don't know if he cites the study. He probably cites the study that he did. I'd read the actual study itself because it's got some great data in it. But the thinking there is, is that the Fed's way behind the, the, um, the, the curve in terms of controlling inflation and inflation is going to get worse. And for some, you know, people look at look at it as price inflation that drives the price of gold. And it's 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 really the 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 dynamic that drives price inflation, which is fiat currency devaluation. Right. You, you, you get um, each unit of your fiat currency. Let's just use the dollar for simplicity. Um, each each unit at the margin buys less and less, let's just call them widgets, goods, less less gasoline, you know, less food. So um, and and so it's it's really fiat currency devaluation and real interest rates, not 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 the interest rate that you see posted, you know, on on Bloomberg or CNBC every day. It's real interest rates. And, you know, let's just throw the CPI out the window. And if you if you could use a measure of of real inflation inflation would still be you know probably low double digits i would think high single digits and you know again if 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 you're using a proper measure of of price inflation in which case we're still at negative interest rates so um those are are the two fundamental factors but then there's also market factors and that would just be the physical demand. And, and you on on in many of your recent podcasts have have highlighted the um, the supply deficit in silver, and the fact that China has a massive solar program going on, and they've been consuming a massive amount of silver. Well, no one's talking about India because India also has the same solar program. And um, if you recall, it was pretty 
pretty visible publicly, you know, a handful of months ago, uh, India was importing a, a boatload of silver, physical silver. That's that's not silver that gets left in COMEX or LBMA vaults. That's silver that has to that goes from the refiners to India or gets taken out of the vaults and goes to India. And same with the the metal going into China. So um, I, I would, and we, you know, obviously, um, central bank, Eastern Hemisphere central bank accumulation of silver, I mean, of gold has been um, going on at the same record pace that it did in 2022. So um, we've got a, we've got the physical demand factor and that factor was present in 2008. Again, because I'm comparing what we're seeing right now in the markets and it's particularly the trading action in gold and silver to the trading action in the summer of 2008. Gold and silver bottomed in late October and then went on that that massive run, you know, almost almost three year run um, up to what was it, 2000 and, and um, almost 50. So um, there was a physical demand component back in 2008, but it's much stronger now than it is then than it was then. So those those are the factors that I think are driving the price of gold here. It's, Fiat currency devaluation, it's not just the dollar that's being devalued. Negative real interest rates, you know, pretty much globally, except in, in certain countries that have pretty high um, nominal interest rates. Um, and then um, physical demand. Yeah, and certainly has been interesting where India, as you mentioned, imported record amount of silver last year has basically gone to almost zero this year. Again, we hear often that the India more price sensitive buyer, perhaps uh, keeping things in check for a little while would, would be interesting to see how that picture would have looked had they not uh, slowed down this year, because I'm going to pull up the registered stockpile of silver. Um, as we've highlighted many times before, if you, Look back a couple of years, right around silver squeeze at 150 million ounces has dropped down and got pretty low recently, uh, was under 30 million ounces, down to about 27. Then shortly before the July period, we saw about 10 million ounces go back in, which five have come back out. Curious, any thoughts on the July deliveries and whether you think some of this metal that has been deposited in the registered uh, was specifically to meet deliveries? and any, any thoughts in general on what you've seen so far in this July cycle? You know, I I actually kind of stopped looking at it when we went to Africa. So I, I do recall that early early in the delivery period, um, the, the the deliveries were strong. Now, my my problem with these delivery reports is that I, I just don't I don't view them as as real deliveries until the silver that changes ownership title is actually removed from the COMEX vault. So, you know, even though the, the registered stockpile has been bouncing around, I, I like to look at the, the total amount of silver registered and eligible. And I, I, you know, I'd love to see the total amount of silver that's being reportedly held on the COMEX go down a lot more. And then I think that when we get strong delivery numbers, it'll, it'll make those delivery numbers a lot more significant. I'm just trying to I'm trying to pull up silver here. Well, there we've we... seen uh, we actually so, have seen over that same time period overall amount of silver go down quite a bit. 
um, still. Yeah, been. and that that's significant. Up to thirty eight hundred contracts, thirty eight forty five delivered at this point. So, what's that about twenty million ounces and. Not necessarily record setting, but decent chunk been delivered so far in July. Yeah, nineteen point two million ounces. I mean, it's 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 good, but again, I you know I honestly don't think that what goes on in the physical market is really. I don't think the COMEX has a big effect on it. So, um, and and again, you know, everything as you know is so so darn opaque in this in this market i mean you know we have no idea what's really going on in the rest of the world even if we want to believe what the numbers that were that they let the public see for the comex you know what i mean i hear you and well two interesting data points that do often seem to matter and we we've seen quite a drop in the open interest in silver uh, was down to under 120,000 contracts, about 115,000. You take a look back, you can see that was the lowest mark since back in late 2013. And at the same time, something you and I were talking about yesterday, this has come in quite a bit, swap dealer position, now short just about 1,200 contracts. That dropped from about short 15,000 contracts pretty recently. And usually one of the better indications that perhaps the brunt of a sell-off is coming to an end. Yes, I, I agree with that. And that's what I was referencing when I was talking about um, the, the structure of the commitment of traders report. Um, uh, in fact, uh, I mean, I've been watching this for the better part of 20 years. And um, I would actually be surprised if when the report comes out on Friday, which is for activity through Tuesday, I would be surprised if the swap dealers are not net long contracts now. So, and if remember on Tuesday, well, yesterday, we had that that big, you know, and on Monday actually, we had, you know, big gaps down when the COMEX opened. And I, you know, I think those are kind of a, I think those were attempted shakedowns to try and get hedge funds and, and CTAs to disgorge their long positions so that so the banks could cover and, and possibly go net long. Well, certainly plausible enough. And sure enough, as we mentioned, we did, you know, you have the reduction in the short position and today, fortunately, silver and gold up, at least on Wednesday afternoon. So um, I'd also say, you know, it, it's also possible, depends on how aggressive the CTAs are. It's also possible that the, the managed money category could go um net could be net short uh, on friday's report um it, certainly they're going to be a lot less net long in friday's report well i would imagine so and we'll be getting that data in uh, just a day by the time people are watching this so uh, see how that trend progresses going forward dave last thing to bring up with you is as i mentioned we were out at Seguela's gold, Fortuna's Seguela gold mine in West Africa. Here's some of the footage. You see that big SAG mill right there crushing the dirt a little finer. Um, any thoughts on what you saw from Fortuna on that trip that we had last weekend? Sure. Um, I actually wrote a, a pretty detailed, comprehensive summary and assessment and reassessment of Fortuna's stock for 
my mining stock journal that comes out tomorrow. So, um, but I'll just say that um, what we saw at Segala um, certainly exceeded my expectations. I mean, you know, the whole the whole thing from from start to finish. You know, the hosting, what I actually saw on on the property, um, the the um, the the employees. You know, from from top management down to you know, some of the, some of the unskilled labor that I was able to do, observe, um, this is a really, really well-run operation by, um, some longtime uh, mining operation veterans and, and all of them have prior, besides at Rocks Gold, have prior experience globally and, and in West Africa. So, um, and I was not expecting to get to see an actual gold pour. So that was kind of, that was kind of the cherry on top. There's a there's a good picture of you, you Carlos and I, um, with you in the middle, of course, holding the gold bar. <laughs> yeah, it it was exciting to see that. In fact, I'm going to uh, pull up another picture that uh, we got from that trip. And yeah, I would I would second what you said that it really seemed like the the team was on board and. Uh, pretty advanced group of people that were working there and here we can see what you look like <laughs> the bugger was uh pretty weighty huh it's got to be at least 50 pounds yeah so what you're looking at there in my hands is is about one and a half million dollars <laughs> yeah it was exciting to uh to see the gold pour really helpful for me. This was my first mine visit um, to really see all the different steps and things that go into bringing gold out of the ground, number of people that are involved, and saw a little bit of that before some of the different facilities. And again, here was pretty exciting to see that gold pouring slowly. Uh, Did you get that video from the gold pour? Yeah, this this was some footage I took of the. Oh, you know what? I might have a I might have some video. I've got pictures, and I've got you know the pictures are in my newsletter tomorrow. But um, yeah, that that uh, that's one of the the cooler things I've ever seen, to be honest. Yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty nice. I guess the tour that went in front of us because they don't have a gold pour every day did not get to see that. But no, no, they didn't. I I mean, right now until they you know get things further ramped up and optimized. I, I think they're doing something like, I don't know, one and a half or two, an average of one and a half or two gold pours a week. I think it was a little bit less than that. Usually. It might be, yeah, but it, it will it will increase. So they'll get it ramped up. So there you go. I see, see him cradling it like a baby. And certainly- oh, That must be Kurt. Certainly was a beautiful piece of metal and Aside from that, just uh, great to finally see the operation in person. Also was quite nice to see my old friend, Dave Kranzler. I guess it had been three years prior to that. In a while. Left Denver and uh, just glad to have a good trip there, learn a bit, and now be back home. Dave, perhaps before we wrap up, I know you said you're going to be writing about that a little more in the Mining Stock Journal and pull up your website here and you can tell folks where they can find that and find out more about the research you're doing in the markets. Sure. It's just simply uh, uh, investmentresearchdynamics.com and there's links to my mining stock journal and short sellers journal. And 
as I mentioned, I got a new issue coming out tomorrow. So it's it's mostly about my thoughts and observations on our visit to Fortuna. And I, I also offer um, uh, an opinion and what is now a very strong opinion on, on the stock price relative to what I think the company's really worth. And um, then I've got some updates on, on the usual companies that I, that I follow that have had some, a couple of them and have had some very interesting news releases that one of the stocks is up 22% right now. So, um, and the, the short sellers journal, um, once, once I get the mining stock journal out, I'll, I'll, I'll start finishing up the work I started on that. And that comes out on Sundays. Well, appreciate that. We'll be looking forward to the bi-weekly mining stock journal. And again, as you mentioned, also have the short sellers journal, which comes out every week. Link to investmentresearchdynamics.com in the description field below. And Dave, I appreciate you making some time to come and check in and talk more about the markets. Again, great to see you last week. And we're going to wait wrap a minute. Up. Wait a minute. I appreciate you doing this because I we didn't want to change my my cycle on when I when we release these. And you know, with the trip and everything, I just didn't have time to put together my own materials. So just want everyone to know that Chris is doing me a favor. I'm not doing him a favor. Well, I just glad to have you on here and nice to talk with you as always. And likewise, this gives people some things to think about in terms of where we're at in this whole sector, uh, whole, whole section of the cycle that we're going through right now. And that said, we're going to wrap up for now. But thanks again, Dave. And we'll look forward to seeing you again in two weeks.